Welcome to Military Network Radio, where we'll bring dynamic interviews and fresh information about topics affecting your quality of life at each stage of your military service. Join us each week for information of value that improves your outlook, actions, and encourages each member of the family. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Everyone serves, and together we make a difference. And now, here's your host, Linda Crater. Welcome to our show. We're very glad that you have joined us today. We're going to be talking about a topic that many people think about, but don't always take the plunge. And so we're going today to be talking about becoming an entrepreneur after separation, maybe after several jobs, maybe after trying several different options in terms of a career post-service and the considerations that go into it and the risks and the fears. And how do we get to this journey? Because sometimes we have dreams and they're, and sometimes we never even had an entrepreneurship dream, but suddenly an opportunity presents itself. So today we are visiting with wonderful prior co-host, Les Davis. Welcome to Les. Hey, thank you, Linda. This, uh, gosh, I, this is going to be a good topic being that I just, <laughs> my, with, I just, with my per- latest purchase. Yeah, this, I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, this is very interesting. Les followed a, a, a more or less, well, I'll let you describe it. You separated from the Army. Explain I, your journey and, and the jobs that you took and then how you came to realize that you really wanted to do something different altogether and work for yourself. Yeah, that's that's true. I separated, retired in 2002 uh, as, a, as an Army recruiter. I uh, went to work for a trade school, which I stayed with for 13 years. Um, and then with 13 years, survived 13 layoffs as well. And then finally, it was my turn. Mm. And then from 2015 to 2019, I just I was doing some consulting work. I was working for different agencies, different organizations, um, and then doing some of my own consulting uh, for, on behalf of veterans and, and with hiring and education. And during that time, I was kind of looking at different businesses to buy and I, the business I bought, the, the bar restaurant that I bought in January, just happened to fit uh, what I was looking for. I was, I was also very lucky, and I, I, I want to get into this later, about finding um, an owner who had established the business that was probably uh, one of the most honest and transparent uh, owners who I bought the bar from. That kind of, and they're mm-hmm. still out there helping me through through the transition, even through the next 60 days. So. Yeah, that it's it's kind of a roundabout. Some people jump in right away. Some people. I took a corporate route and then decided to do my own thing because, as I as I told a lot of people, I was just sick of making other people money. Um, <laughs> that that's often it. As you were thinking about this, though, had you ever wanted to be an entrepreneur? Had it been a, a dream of yours, a thought of yours, an inkling, or was this just? something born out of working at jobs that did not satisfy what you wanted to do? Uh, I, yeah, I, I knew I was always going to do what I'm doing now. I just didn't know when I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, I had, I had worked in uh, my stepdad's bar. I worked from 13 years old to when I joined the Army. And I thought mm-hmm. I wanted to get back into it. I didn't know how or why, uh, but I just had my fill of the last you know, from really 2013 is, is when I started really hard looking at it. And 
checking out different businesses. It took us took me a long time to get where I'm at now, or it took me a long time to actually take the plunge, as you said. I was really nervous. I didn't know. I kept going self-doubting, I think, like we do if we've never done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, I just found something that I thought would fit me right. And that's why that's why this this opportunity was just too good to pass up. I know one of the things that we've talked many times before when you were co-hosting with us was that some of the jobs you took, you were taking because you had the right intentions and then the, and they were veteran centric jobs, but then it did not turn out to be veteran centric. In other words, it was by label only. And that became very dissatisfying. Was that one of the reasons that you really started casting about for something that would be meaningful to you personally, as well as giving you a new opportunity? Absolutely. Yeah. I, it, from the, from 2015 I, on, I started taking those jobs. You're right. They, it, it seemed like all these organizations wanted to reach out to veterans and wanted to either mm-hmm. hire or get them into their school, but none of them uh, really wanted to commit to it and really wanted to do it the right way. And that that grew over time. I just getting frustrated over and over again. And that led me, that's what really pushed me to, I just got to do my own thing because I don't, um, mm-hmm. I don't think these organizations are going to take care of the veterans anymore. And that was, that's my opinion, you know, that's of course just my opinion, but it just seemed that way over the last three years before I bought the business. Well, the reason I ask that and say it that way is because I think there's always got to be a why. What makes you decide that, okay, this is not satisfying what I need to do. I want to perhaps consider helping veterans, but it's not working. And so how else can I work to be engaged in the community? Because I know you are widely engaged in the community. And that was one of the things that was important to you when you were considering businesses. Uh, oh, yeah. that. So I'm glad you mentioned that because the, the 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 place that I bought, we just we had our first fundraiser, and it was uh, just uh, this. I was approached by a lady that had MS, and they do they had been doing fundraiser for the past three years, and so we had it, and uh, just doing what I've done in the past with some social media and getting the word out, we was able to have the biggest fundraiser she'd ever had prior, and then uh, we're going to do it. We're planning a golf tournament to help out. Uh, local veterans organization here in, in Jacksonville uh, mm-hmm. this summer. We, the, what's nice about the place I bought, we got a lot of veterans that come in there and a lot of retired first responders. So when I mentioned it to them about having this golf tournament, they are all about it. Matter of fact, one guy is retired Marine uh, major. He wants to head it down this golf tournament and then bring it back to the barn and, and celebrate there uh, and then donate the money. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about that and it is going to be, uh, you're right. I, I'm very involved. I still want to be involved in the community, whether it's helping out an individual, veterans organizations, or a good cause. I, I think that's important for whether you're a corporation or a small business like myself. Absolutely. And I think that when you know what you have, I think it's just as important to know what you don't like in business or careers as it is what you do like, because that sort of guided you. You took jobs, you paid the bills, you followed the corporate ladder up, and then you decided that, no, it is not fulfilling the why in you, what you wanted to accomplish, and you began looking for opportunities. But opportunities are there, and yet veterans need to be careful. 
about how they evaluate opportunities. So as you journeyed to find something that you wanted to do, you had already bar restaurant experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have guidance for people who maybe don't have experience in any particular industry, but think they want to start in one place. What would you tell them that they need to learn and research and do due diligence on before they just jump in? Because there are many organizations that will say, oh, yeah, yeah, we help vets, and here's how you can start and hand us your money. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's a, there's a lot of these uh, franchisees. or fran- They help people get into a franchisees, and then, but they want uh-huh. X amount of dollars for being that middleman. And some right. are good, and some are some are awful. And I would, and, and they had contacted me because I thought about franchise first because I'd be a first-time business owner. Right. And once I got into it and found out, yeah, but you got to pay. Not only would I have to take out the loan to buy the business, now I got to pay this guy X amount of money. And I, I just, I, I just that didn't set well, set you know, set well with me. I would say the there are some great franchises that you could get into. Uh, if you're if you're mm-hmm. not comfortable, because a franchise is just a process. You follow the process, you'll be successful. It's a it's the uh, it's a you know people who kind of fight the process. The issue with those type of franchises, though, if you have a great idea and you're like, this is my neighborhood, this is what I know, you know, that franchises don't care. They have their own process. They mm-hmm. have their own way of doing business. Um, but I would say which that, is good for some vets. I mean, it, for some vets, that's exactly what they want. They want a process. They're used to a process. Yep. They like the conformity and they like the camaraderie. So none of this is bad. It's just a different way of looking at things and things that you need to consider. So yes. you, okay. Cause I don't want to lead you in, in directions you don't or didn't go, but mm-hmm. it seems as though there are many factors to take into place. So you, you had experience in one area. You did due diligence on people. If I'm not, Incorrect. I believe you also talked to some people who you knew you did not want to do business with. Yes. Yeah. We. I. I. I stared away from uh, several places, and I just had no interest in in a couple, a bit. Once I found out more about them, of course, we research and find out what uh, what we want to do and what we don't want to do. And over mm-hmm. time, Linda, you 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 think you want to go one direction. And then you find, then you, you, you know, you look at that style of business or, or that company, and then you start, then you realize what is involved, the risk, and then you, and it just turns you off. And that's, that's what happened to me a couple of times. I, once you learn more about it, and I will, in, in addition to you, as the individual veteran or anybody looking, uh, doing your own due diligence, this is just like you said, when they're in the military, the entire family serves. Mm-hmm. When you're an entrepreneur, you, again, your entire family is serving. You're the mm-hmm. risk. You know, I I talked to my wife about it, and my wife's not a risk taker at all, and she likes you know right lockstep and barrel. So this was a big step for her too. So you, before you do this, you really got to have that tough conversation, be, you know, with your spouse. Uh, and no, oh, no, we'll have a conversation further about that because I think that's extremely important. In terms of it's a team effort, mm-hmm. and especially as an entrepreneur, you really don't work alone. It, it really does require some understanding, some communication, sometimes a lot of communication to make things work really well. So we're going on a break in about 30 seconds, and I would love it if we could talk about 
some of those risks that you considered, because the obvious ones, the monetary ones or the time commitment, that's one. But the involvement with staff, the staff development, training, uh, what do you do with communicating with poor employees? I mean, there are a lot of considerations, and I would like to talk about that. Does that sound okay with you? Yes, uh, absolutely. Good. I'm dealing with that right now, matter of fact. It was a great time to talk about it. <laughs> All right, we're going on a quick break. We'll be right back, and we will continue on with our discussion about what to consider when you're considering going into business for yourself. We'll be right back. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. about the Gabrielungsi bear caught rummaging through a refrigerator in an apartment in Colorado? The tenant heard noises coming from the kitchen and saw a bear with his head in the fridge looking for anything it could eat. What's a word for food that's unfit for human consumption? Ma wallop. The tenant locked himself in his bedroom and called for help. What's a word for the fear of bears? Ursophobia. We have lots of bears near our Colorado cabin, and we have been told that pepper spray will keep them away. But the idea that it would keep a 500-pound grizzly bear from attacking seems ridiculous to me. I think I'll try the pepper spray in myself and hope the bear doesn't like spicy foods. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. We're continuing our discussion with Les Davis about the, the factors that you consider to go into business for yourself, which is not just you, as you mentioned before the break. It's also the family and the time commitments. But it's also about your risk uh, profile, what you can do, how involved will the family be. Sometimes families are involved, sometimes they are not. Um, in terms of active participation in the business themselves, but there's risks, and there are employees and staff development. And you know, as being in the military, everybody comes with a certain amount of basic training, and you're all the same to a certain degree. When you buy into a business, start a business, or expand a business, you're now dealing with how do you keep the staff and build the culture 
that you're looking to build. Talk about that. Yeah, that that is something that I'm dealing with now, being a new a new owner and the 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 former owner, as good as he was with building this. I mean, this was a 12 year old business, and he built it pretty much by word of mouth, and he was he did just a heck of a job. But the last few years, he was really hands off. Last couple of years, he just would come in, point direction. Three hours later, he was out the door. So the culture hadn't been established, or if it was established, kind or of. Or it disappeared brain. a little bit. It it did absolutely, and so coming in, I have to establish this, and it, and it's so a group of people who had no guidance, no supervision, really, into somebody like me coming in, who's a military guy. I have to have a process in place. I have to have an SOP in place. I got to know what you're doing. <laughs> not and I'm not a you know a hardcore drill sergeant <laughs> type of of manager. Most of it's a lot of learning from each other. And and what you see with uh, the, the the a lot of the staff in in this industry in the restaurant industry you get you have uh, folks with just GEDs and work experience to kids in college and kids in high school and then just those that maybe have a high school diploma with uh, job experience so and not that any of that's bad it is just coming from the education industry where I did where everybody is you know, masters, uh, bachelors, it's just, it's a learning curve for both of us. And so mm-hmm. it's getting them, uh, the employees not to fly off the handle at the, the smallest amount of stress, you know, how to be critical thinkers, how to communicate better, um, how to put a schedule, how to put your schedule, how to manage your time. And, and in the last 60 days, we've been managing that uh, somewhat well uh, as we get to know each other. That's that's a huge when you're buying an established business. That is a just, especially one that wasn't uh, managed every day. That that's going to be a challenge for somebody. Now, if you're building, if you're starting up and you're hiring brand new people, it, it'd probably be a lot easier. But you're still starting with well. But crew. let me go the devil's advocate here. Is there not an advantage to having that hands-off period of time, which allowed you to reestablish? your ways of doing things because there had been hands off? Yeah, uh, there, it could be, uh, that that's a good way to look at it too, where I come in with my own, my own Mm -hmm. ideas. Uh, some people, some people have acted favorably toward that. Others have, Mm -hmm. because they're so used to a very loose reign of kind of, you know, buck the system and that's okay. You know, there's, there's a good thing, you know, there's, it's like in that book, Good to Great. You know, they're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, being on the bus and people are going to get off the bus and you're going to put people on the bus that are going the same destination you are. And mm-hmm. and over this next last 60 days and probably for the next 60 days, we're going to be letting people off the bus and, and getting people on the bus. So, and, that, and that's not good or bad. That's just fitting people to where I want to take the this. Process. Yeah. Yeah. And that's any. Well, that's, and it's any business, but isn't it also a case of building trust and a culture of your own? Um, Because I think in many ways, that's part of part and parcel of a company. You can feel the energy in a good company that's run well with people who respect each other. The team works good. The critical thinking, as you said. So when you go to change, not change, when you go to modify communication styles or schedules or your expectations as an employer, 
Are you finding that your military military training was helpful to you? I do. Uh, you know, two parts of that. My, I think my military training, of course, helps out with, with a lot of it. And, and mm-hmm. a lot of it is just straight leadership, you know, giving mm-hmm. guidance, not getting excited off that first, um, the first, oh my God, I'll give you three examples of my, of <laughs> my first 60 days, Linda, that could have just uh, <laughs> been, I mean, as in the restaurant business it, or in any business, it would have been, oh, been devastating or, or if you were a less experienced manager, my first Saturday night, somebody broke uh, a sink in my bathroom. I mean, I talk, I'm talking, a hole went right through it. So, you know, I ripped that thing out three o'clock in the morning. I had to be at Home Depot at six in the morning to buy a new one and then get it installed by noon when we opened up. So an hour's sleep, <laughs> putting the sink in. Right. And then, you know, taking a few hours in the afternoon off to get myself ready to get back, get back into the bar. Okay. Mm-hmm. The next thing that happened uh, during the transition, uh, our ovens operate off propane. Well, the day I paid my propane bill, they forgot to fill my propane tanks up. So um, on a Sunday afternoon, I had no propane to cook pizzas. Hmm. Well, that's a big deal. So I had, you know, again, be calm. This is not a very stressful situation, not like some I've been in in the military. Called Mm -hmm. them up, you know, emergency. They came out and filled it up. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then the the third thing that happened, and boy, I sound like a, a bad business owner when I tell you these stories. But again, during the transition. No, this is just a beginning start. So it, it talks about the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Uh, we have, we, my business is three suites in a, in a shopping center. Suites mm-hmm. uh, 11, 12, and 13. Well, for some reason, the former owner uh, had, didn't combine them all when paying his bill. So we only, he had the bill, and he had, he had three bills come to the restaurant. Well, he had one bill come to the restaurant, and two went to his house. Uh, I need sweet. So I only got sweet 11. And so I paid it. Oh, great. I paid it. And, but so the power went out when they just come out and mm. shut it off, they didn't pay it. So I'm frantically, Hey, Hey, you got to turn this back on. And they came out within, I think it was 90 minutes and turned it back on for, I think we lost about 90 minutes worth of uh, business. We didn't even really lose it. We just had, it was light enough still that we didn't lose it, here. Mm. but it was those mistakes that, um, that anybody else, I think with somebody maybe without that kind of or background, maybe military, I know it helped me out because I've been in a lot stressful situations than just having a power out or just losing a sink or mm-hmm. you know, propane. I was looking for solutions just like most veterans do. How can I fix it now? I don't, I don't want to hear anything else. I just want to fix it now. And what's well, a mission. Yeah, I was absolutely. I was on a mission to fix it and, and we, we had it done. We didn't lose, um, we didn't lose a lot. Uh, now, with of course, when I called the propane company, I, I was a little dramatic and made him uh, made him take a lot of money off my bill. But uh, <laughs> that's called negotiation. Yeah. Now, when you had these experiences, did you use these as mm, coachable moments for your staff, or for yourself, or for your family? Or yeah. you know, we learn from something often by the adversities that we face. And you were faced with problem resolution because you don't want to lose customers, especially in an established business because there's a reputation. And so you've got neighborhood people, I presume, and new people. So you need to constantly court the customers. And so what else did you learn from these three situations? Yeah, so it was, well, I I never, ever show your staff 
you know, that you're stressed out. Is that, uh, what's that old saying? The flight attendant calm, you know? So, okay, mm -hmm. let's just, let's just fix it. So I, I just fixed it. And then like I, when the propane ran out, my kitchen guys are frantic. They're just like, and so I went in, I said, they're going to be here in a few minutes, man. Don't worry about it. It's taken care of. Just, you know, continue your prep or don't worry. And my two guys are in there. They're, they just don't know how to react and they're really stressed out. But when they see you calm, you're the owner, you're the boss, you're the manager, you're, you know, you're the leader. Mm -hmm. They, that seemed to tone them down a little bit. They weren't. And so when I popped back on, uh, the one guy came, thank you for coming in. And I was like, where, where else would I be? You know, I said, we're all in this together. So, you know, don't worry about us fixed now with the, so you build the culture, right? With the, now with the power outage that came an hour after we opened up, I went, I, once it came back on, I went over to, cause we have a group of regular customers that are in there every day at three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock. And I, I was just honest with them. Like, Hey, this is what happened. You know, we're still in the transition period. Um, and I didn't, these are three suites here. And I was just very honest with them. And I was like, we got to fix that. I'll be back on here in a few minutes. And then it popped on and we, everybody stayed. I think I, I think, you know, I bought, uh, I bought a couple of beers for the guys, but it was mm -hmm. nothing, you know, we didn't lose anything. It was a good, uh, I, I think they appreciated me being so honest with them to what happened instead of blaming this or blaming that. I was like, Hey, just part of the transition guys. I, you know, it was just an oversight, but it's fixed now and it won't happen again. Well, you're also talking about leadership and with leadership that is calm and controlled, you have a much higher percentage chance of making sure that nobody's going to put their hair on fire. Um, I, I think that's the worst thing that can happen in a business is if, if, if you'd lost your cool. Um, now, granted, there are situations that you do want to definitely react in a way that is mm, commensurate with what happened. But in your case, it, it was, the world was not going to end if the pizzas came out a little bit later. Um, you're, you weren't going to lose your business if the bill you know, wasn't straightened out in 10 minutes. But you are pointing out that it is not an easy thing, even buying an established business. No. No, it's not. not. At all. You're, you're, you, I, it, here's a here, – well, gosh, I'll tell you another story. This is you got, you, we got a break in 30 seconds, so keep going. Okay, so everybody was really worried about me changing. What are you going to change? Les, what are you going to change? And – Mm -hmm. I said, well, I'm not going to change anything. I think it's a successful business, so why would I change anything? I said, I have my tweaks, but no, I'm not changing anything. And every one of them who asked that always followed up with, well, hey, if you do change something, let me tell you what I would change. Oh, yeah. so you had suggestions. I have a lot of suggestions, yes. And that's and, and I how I feel about that, Linda, is they care so much about it. This is their neighborhood place. This is their this is the place right. they come to. They care enough to give me those suggestions. So I take them all in. Some are good. Some are Hold awful. Hold it right there. Hold it right there. We've got to go on break, and we'll come back and talk about how employee involvement really helps make a business grow. We'll be right back. We're listening to Les Davis. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. 
Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Critics, or the people who study dreams, tell us that the kind of television you watched as a child can affect your dreams today. For instance, if you had a black and white TV, you might be prone to colorless dreams. I'm pretty sure I dream in color, but my friends say it's a pigment of my imagination. It has been suggested the type of cheese you eat can also impact your dreams. This might be a bit hard to digest, but a study conducted by the British Cheese Board discovered that people who ate cheddar cheese dreamt more about celebrities, while folks who ate blue cheese experienced more bizarre dreams. A bad dream could give you matatulapia, or the bad mood you experience when you get up on the wrong side of the bed. It's Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio, serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. Before the break, we were talking about how some people embrace change. Some staff embrace change when it comes along. Others are resistant. And when you're buying a business that is established and you have challenges, as we discussed earlier, you know, it, communicating to those the culture that you're looking for, the way you'd like people to comport themselves, how to manage their time, building the trust in the culture. You were mentioning that you were getting suggestions from some of your staff, which you said, and I'll try and paraphrase you properly, they cared enough to provide some new solutions or the ways they would change things. Talk about that. Yeah, oh, yeah. They, they. I, I think the way they as they approached me, uh, and if I thought it was a good change or if it was something they needed for a change, I, I, I implemented it right then. I thought it, it was great. Um, the and some of the other ideas that uh, I didn't see where it would be beneficial to the, the organization as a whole, but I did listen to them mm-hmm. and. And at the at the end, you, you go well. Maybe some in the future, you don't want to you want to appreciate that because they cared enough mm-hmm. to at least come up to you, and and mm-hmm. say, hey, this is what do you think of this? Um, and the suggestions could be, uh, I mean, we're a pizza place, and so one of the suggestions was they, they brought you know my kitchen manager says, Les, we don't sell pizzas by the slice. Why we're you know, we're a pizza place? Why don't we do it? And I was like, yeah, why don't we do it? And so mm-hmm. we did it. You know, uh, and I, I, I like that a lot. Uh, they, they, they felt comfortable at least coming up and saying, hey, you know, why, what, what about this? Or can we or can we do something or can we do something mm-hmm. in the future? Or uh, their schedule doesn't fit their new class schedule in college anymore. So can is can I change it? And then we just maneuvered some people around and it made that employee felt, you know, kind of special that we could help 
with her with her schedule. Um, so it's it's just those things working with the employees or letting them know that their their opinion does does matter to you. It, but it's not always. I just can't always take everybody's ideas on at once. you know, at once. Well, no, you've got the big responsibility. You see the bigger picture. You mm-hmm. know the cost-benefit analysis that you're doing in your head with these suggestions. So it, it's always funny when we do want to listen to staff and gain ideas because sometimes they've got something that's so simple that we didn't even think of. And then other times it's just not feasible, but you did listen. And I think that helps build that trust and culture that you're trying to build as well. Let's go back to the family involvement because you talked about risk profiles and you know, a lot of questions are how much time is it going to take out of your day? Will it be regular? Will you be able to be home or will you be putting in a sink at three in the morning? And some families adjust to that well. And and some say, you know, it it was easier when you were gone because I knew what to expect. This is sort of in between. How would you describe it? Well, for me, the, the last 60 days, I've been working anywhere from 12 to 16 hours a day. Right? Jumping in, getting to know everybody, working everybody's hours, doing, seeing what they do, um, learning as much as you can about the business as a whole, and not only the business, but also my customers. So mm-hmm. I, I am there from, you know, from, oh, 9 or 10 in the morning till it could be anywhere from, Late. Gosh, two o'clock when we close on the weekends, two a.m., and mm-hmm. then staying with the staff till three, three thirty. So, and then getting up the next day and doing it all over again. And that's it, that's the things you've got to do though in that in as that transition, and you're trying to figure out if, um, the the business as a whole and your staff. They got to see you. They got to get to know who you are. You know. Mm-hmm. So that that's how I decided to do it. And I'll tell you, every Sunday, uh, I'm a zombie. I, I, that I have to take, you know, I take, I take Sunday and Monday. I go in, I do a few hours worth of work still on Sunday and Monday, but those are my, I consider them my off days. because I'm only working three hours each day, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a total commitment. And it's uh, with the, with my wife, my wife works for a major hospital. She does financial analysis for a hospital. What she does, mm-hmm. what really helps me out, we run reporting. And then she, she, you know, on Sundays, Mondays, when she has a little bit of time, she'll, she does my finances. She does my financial analysis. And she's been able to point out some things, maybe some overspends from the former owner. or Hey, this is ticking up. Might want to look at it. So it is a commitment from everybody. You know, and teamwork, it sounds like. Oh, absolutely. And my son, who uh, just joined the Army, he, he leaves in May for basic training. I have him working with me on Friday and Saturday night. So even that, he's involved in it until he leaves. So it, it is a, it's a whole family thing. Um, and it's nice because I get free labor, right? and I really love that. <laughs> <laughs> wonder yeah. if that will continue on uh, break. We shall see. <laughs> yeah. um, now, have you gotten any reactions from your wife or your son that you found unexpected? Uh, yeah, you know, my wife's not a risk taker. So she's always worried about the bottom line. She's always worried. She's, man, we're, you know, and I just said, you know, this is a very well-established place. Uh, the, the community loves us. Um, so I, I don't think it's as big as rest as she does. But some, you know, she's just very nervous and she wants it to be successful. So mm-hmm. 
when you're watching the finances and it's ticking up, we're in the slow season right now, spring here in Florida in summer. Mm -hmm. so as we head into summer, it's going to be, but it's still, if you, if you look at the, the history, we're, we're right on the line. We're, you know, some weeks are better than other weeks. At the end of the month, we're, we're exactly where we were um, last year, which if we continue that, by the end of this year, we're going to be in a really good position. It's so important that everybody understand the expectations because I think people have sometimes a misconception that if you get a business for yourself, it's awesome. You're the boss. You can pick your own hours. You can pay yourself the salary you want, et cetera. And that just isn't the truth. No, you're the last to get paid. I mean, th the exactly. truth of it is uh, just to help build the cash flow. I just, I haven't paid myself much. Um, mm hmm at all, really. I'm, and I'm thankful that, you know, I have my little bit of retirement that I get, but you are the last to get paid. You want to, mm -hmm. you, you want to see your cash flow rise. So as you, as your employees are, you know, very happy making what they make or especially their bartender service, they, you know, they get tips and they're just, they're, they're happy with what they get. And I'm very happy because when they're getting, when our, when our uh, customers are treating them that way, that means it's good service. Mm -hmm. But again, you're as the owner. It's not. It's not glamorous. You're the last to get paid. If you're looking for that big paycheck, yeah, that's probably not going to happen for at least ninety days <laughs> longer. You know, ninety days. I was going to say years in most cases. True. It, it, it yeah. takes years to build it, and it, and you also reinvest back in the business because oftentimes you end up having new thoughts and evolution of what you would like to see. So, mm -hmm. as you have worked through the family thing. It sounds like that stabilized relatively quickly. I think you're fortunate because I'm not sure that always goes as quickly as under 60 days where everybody feels good about the decision. Well, it, it's, it's still nervous. You know, you know, my, of course my wife, she, like I said, she's not a risk taker. I can't overemphasize. She's not, but she's very supportive. Um, mm -hmm. She, you know, she's, she likes the business. Like we looked at several of these places of the last three years, this and this is the one we both could not find anything wrong with, and that was also because mm. the owner was very transparent. The finances were all laid out. I mean, he he was mm -hmm. really good with us all the way through, and still is today. I talk to him still once a week, and he does not have to take my phone call. You know, that's not in the contract. He's just that type of guy that still wants to see the business that he built succeed. Uh, and that's you know what, if you're looking for an establishment, that's the kind of owner you want to you, you, you yes find because it's 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 important that you have a mentor like that. Well, I think that it helps set it up for success because there are always going to be surprises. There will always be risks. Um, your staff will come and go. Uh, mm -hmm. Things happen. Things happen at home that take things outside of your hands sometimes. But yeah. it, 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 you, you learn to be more flexible. You learn to prioritize. And I, I have to keep coming back to communication because I think that you learn that in the military, you learn that in your marriage, you mm -hmm. learn that at school, you learn it with your friends, but you don't underestimate the power of over-communicating because then fewer misunderstandings. No, that, that's right. And that's something that I really worked with my, my staff on is to, I, I'm their sounding board. Sometimes they, mm -hmm. they are, they just need somebody to yell at, you know, and it, and, and I, that's not reeling in disrespectful way. That's just being that sounding board because they're frustrated with something, you know. Mm -hmm. And and as a leader, no matter what organization you belong to, whether you own your own business or 
you're a manager, you, you got to be that person. You got to, you got to let them sound off. And then, then it's kind of like, give them a few minutes. And if they're a good employee, they're going to, they're going to come back to you and they're going to say, I apologize. Don't self-regulate. Yeah. Right. I, and they're going to apologize. And you just go, look, I'm your sounding board. You know, I know you're a good person. I know you're working hard for me, just like my guys do, but you got to, you, you have got to have that confidence in me that I'm just not going to come back to you and say you're fired for being disrespectful. And I mean, obviously it's, it's how they say things too. I mean, I'm not, mm-hmm. none of us will let anybody, you know, cuss at us and be disrespectful in that way. But if somebody's just getting out some frustration, I just let them do it because they're, if they're a good employee, they're going to come back and, and, and apologize for what they just said, or uh, come back and say they're, they, they wish they would have said it in a different tone. You know, that's, that's, that's what I've seen that's, so far. That's helpful. Because you're you're training people to either be entrepreneurs themselves or to be better employees or to also be aware of how to communicate in a business setting. I think there's so much informality these days that everybody treats us as as though we are all equals. Well, no, some are more equal than others. And so, as you say, you, you can't subordinate insubordination, but certainly just getting out frustration it's better than getting it out on the customers that absolutely you you just got to let them as i you know there are several times that you just you know it's not directed at you really you Mm -hmm. know it's just that things happen during the day and um a lot of this is just they've never had somebody i don't think they've ever had somebody like me in there just go just let's just get it all out now come on and that's not mocking or anything that's just hey get it off your chest let's get to work you know, we got well, you want customers. to get on with the mission. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we have about 30 seconds from we're going on break. Um, after the break, I would love to come back and talk about how the business has evolved just from this initial start, what surprises you found, and what you found most gratifying about the entire process. Because I think you have to get little wins along the way, on your way to a, a deeper mission. So we'll come back after the break, and we will talk about how the business has evolved, what are surprises, and gratification, because we all need the attaboys and the attagirls from time to time. We'll be right back. We're Military Network Radio, and we'll be right back after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Salt is in nearly everything we eat, and many times it makes food taste so delicious. Even though the 2010 Dietary Guidelines for Americans recommends limiting sodium to less than 2,300 milligrams a day, Men's Health Magazine states that the average American takes in about 3,300 milligrams of sodium every single day. Your body needs some sodium to function properly because it helps transmit nerve impulses. It influences the contraction and relaxation of muscles, and it helps maintain the right balance of fluids in your body. But most of us are getting far more sodium than is recommended. Check out the sodium content in the foods you are eating and limit soy sauce, Parmesan cheese, bacon, smoked salmon, ramen noodles, and salami. It's time to kick the habit of too much sodium. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. It's merging. 
was such good medicine, ancient Greek physicians sent their patients to visit comedians to be healed. In the 1300s, surgeon Henry D. Mondeville used to tell jokes to his patients in the recovery room. Dr. Mondeville must have been a bit of a vitzel such. That's a person who tells jokes and no one ever laughs. We laugh six times more when in the company of another person than we do by ourselves. And 30 times more when we are in a group. Laughter isn't under our conscious control. If you've ever started cackinating at school, in church, or at a funeral, you know what I'm talking about. Cackinating is another word for uncontrollable laughter. It's marching. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Military Network Radio. Serving the military, their families, and those who care about them. Together, we make a difference. Welcome back. We were talking about evolution of businesses. And even in a short period of time, I think that you have seen a change in the business, whether it was staff development, whether it was surprises that now have problem resolution. And there are those wins that you get. And I think sometimes that people like you who care about people and how they learn and how you coach them, mentoring is built into everything that you're doing anyway. So you can have rules all you want. You can change your time management schedule or how people come in, and that's a good thing. But it's how you treat people that often ends up how they end up treating you with respect and good communication. But let's face it, not everyone is raised in a household or has the military training or the coaching that allows them to communicate in a manner that is professional. Do you feel like that's a big part of what you do when you're working with your staff and your vendors even? Yes. Yeah. The staff, you know, they, whether they were raised with in, outside of a home or inside of a home that, that wasn't like that, where it's dramatic. And so they feel they have to be dramatic in their expression where they see, where they see now a leader or their, you know, their new boss, if you will, mm-hmm. that always remains calm. I never raise my voice because I, you're never going to win a shouting match. You're only going to make the customers outside in my restaurant or the bar feel uncomfortable. So you never want to mm-hmm. do that. And then you never want to take yourself to that level. You just want to maintain that tone. And so, yeah, you, you, you're right. And the stat, and that's, I think that's all part of development because they see you uh, being one way and that's going to emulate how then, how then the kitchen manager will then direct to their subordinates. They will remain calm even when those younger employees think it's think they have to be dramatic. So it's just that it's that leadership by example. And mm-hmm. that's something we learn in the military. That's something we learn as I was going through the corporate up the corporate ladder. Just you know be be that person that they would they emu- that they want to emulate. You don't mm-hmm. have you don't have to be this dramatic person to get your point across. You don't have to yell. You just set the expectation. It's hard, though, because sometimes people have have either grown up in a home that way or they aren't heard unless they're speaking in a certain way. Were there any surprises that came along other than, obviously, the sink and the propane and the bills? Those are good examples. But were there any really gratifying surprises that evolved even in these early days? 
You know, I, I, it's been my customer. It's been the customer base, truthfully. Mm. Um, they, the, as I was, uh, as I tell them, the most important person. I had thought the old owner because he established it so well. He he took it from a very small uh, business to where it is now. What I bought, there was we've not we've not lost a customer. It, it's just going on. Mm. They transitioned right with me. I thought there was going to be some. Um, upset people that thought they were going to be well he's going to make changes they're going to leave but the customers uh they love the place they see that and i'm not going to make changes i'm just the changes that i'll make are all behind the scenes they won't they mm-hmm. won't anything and they, they've stuck with me even through those crazy times where, where we ran out of propane or we had the light shut off or um or anything really they have stayed there with me a hundred percent i and i that is that's kind of surprised me. They thought, okay, we're probably going to lose a certain percentage, so I got to get out and market harder. But they've stuck with me, and those that it's it, that that's a little surprising, and that's a win. You talk about a huge win for the business, not losing mm-hmm. anybody. You know, I I've, I'm pretty fortunate that way. Um, the other win, some very key employees that I th- thought maybe, uh oh, you know, some long term people that have been in a, in the bar restaurant for a couple years. They've I. They haven't left, and they don't plan on leaving. I talk to them a lot, and uh, they're very happy with the transition so far. So you know you're going to lose staff, and you may lose some customers, but um, I haven't lost either one. Uh, I've, out of the 23 employees I've started with, uh, 22 are still there. And mm-hmm. that, to me, is is a big win, the, and the customer base that stayed with me is, is another win. You're right. Do you believe, though, that part of the reason is that you did your due diligence. You had a good owner to begin with. You mm-hmm. had mentorship from him as you went in. So all of these are the prep parts. Some people think that the hard part is just, you know, hurry up, finish this, give me this business. I want to, you know, put my own imprint on it. Do you think that doing all the prep work that you and your wife did, your whole family did, went a long way towards creating a more successful transition into the onboarding for you? Yes, it did. We looked at, like I said, we looked at every, every business we looked at, we refined uh, tooth comb as much as we could. And the, the, the thing that I, like, like you just said, that I, I believe people make, the, the mistake they make is going in right now and thinking they've got to change it and put their stamp on it. I would say wait 90 days before you make any changes. Mm-hmm. I, I, the, the only change I've made is we, we now have pizza by the slice. That is the only change <laughs> I've made. And we're not it's making and, me hungry. Yeah. Mm. And, oh yeah. And our, our pizza is awesome, but we are, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but we're not making any changes till, you know, in probably mid May where that anybody will ever notice. I mean, that, that is something that you, it, you're going to be tempted. You're going to be like, Oh, I got I to change that. And then you got to think: Is it really going to make a difference in the, in, in the next ninety days? And it, in the business, in, in the, the business impact. itself. So you're thinking on a more um, on a unit level. You know, you're not going to make changes just to make changes because that's busy work. Yes. But you'll make changes as you go forward, as you absorb the way it's working. But you know what? This also goes back to the old adage: If it's not broken, don't fix it. But you can. No, I did that wrong. Well, you know what I meant. Yeah. It's not broke. Yeah. Whatever I said backwards. It but is. But the bottom line is, yeah. delete your ego out of it 
and, and learn and, and go from there, then make the changes behind the curtain. Nobody will see it. And then you've augmented the business. Yeah. And, and also, you're right. Actually, there's, I'm not, change, like I said, the only change I made. The other stuff I won't do until I'll reevaluate in May. And as everything I wrote down, I'll, I'll probably start lining through probably 80% of it. Because what mm. I thought I was going to do is like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen now. Just the things I've learned over uh, over the time. Um, and then then you also, you talked about leaving your ego out. That is, that's, mm-hmm. I, I will tell you, that is probably a, a big key. Because even though you think you've got this great idea and you launch it, and, and it fails, you've got to be able to take responsibility over that and say, okay, we got to tweak this and try to make it better. <laughs> now, I know I'm going to have a, a bunch of failures, but I, I'm going to also know that I'm going to have to take, make changes and not keep those failures in place just because I made them. You know, I, I just Again, ego, out of I, the way, mission critical, customer service. Yeah, and you just got to be, you just can't be self-absorbed. You just got to go, okay, that was a bad idea. Yeah. And just move on. The only one well, that's really going to know it's you. Well, exactly. And I, th- I think the other thing that's interesting about taking the plunge and going into this is you're talking full personal responsibility. It's something you did in the military, but you had a huge support system. Here, you are or you create your support system. You do. You absolutely do. You 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 are. Um, well, you're your employee support system. So you... You know, mm-hmm. everything you everything you do is based on keeping them employed and keeping that business open. I mean, not only are you which is employed, a purpose. Yes, that's our purpose. It's a very strong purpose. So, what do you find most gratifying? Uh, well, I absolutely love uh, being a business owner. I, I just I love the people that come in there and they and, and everybody. I you know again you got to leave your ego out of this, but I I find it so humbling that everybody wants to meet the owner. And I, I just, it's like, Hey, who, are you the new owner? And you're, you're kind of like, yeah, I'm the new owner. I, you know, I don't, I, I just, you know, I just think they want to hit, you know, they just meet me and, you know, I shake their hand. I, and we talk a few minutes and they just want to meet the new owner. They just want to meet the owner. So when you are that person, you know, you're the face, you're the face and, mm-hmm. and everybody wants to meet you. They may throw an idea or two at you. Um, or they, they may say, Hey, you got to come here, my band, or, you know, you just, you just got to roll with us, you know, just being that, that guy that, um, that you're, you always are approachable. You don't ever want anybody to stand up. Yes. And, and even if they, if they come off, you know, a little, you know, not so nice saying, let's say you still got to hear them out. You're still the face. You still, okay. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're. Because after all, they're still spending money in your place, even if they're being a jerk. So you just hear them out. <laughs> Jerk's money is just as green. Yeah, um, it is. It's all you but just, I think what you've also described with the community involvement is that you you are. It would be nice to be the quote cheers in the neighborhood, you know, where everybody knows your name. And I imagine you spend a great deal of time with those customers who stayed with you, and then thinking of ideas and building and the fundraisers that you talked about at the very beginning of the show, you plant the seeds in the community and you reach out to causes and all of that builds, I don't know, camaraderie and a thread in the community and your, your purpose goes far beyond a slice of pizza. 
It absolutely does. And you can't, and those guys have been coming in there. Some of them been coming in there since the former owner had it for 12 years, seven years, you know, five years. So every, I don't know, once, once a week, because like my three o'clock crowd, they're all retirees and they're mm-hmm. just the greatest group. You'll, uh, gosh, I mean, they're just an impressive group of people from uh, re- a retired CEO to retired Secret Service to a Miami, a, a Miami Vice cop retired to, um, or, you know, retired plumbers. It, it, that's the whole group that comes in there at three o'clock. There's about 25 people. And once a week, I'll bring them out something to eat on the house mm-hmm. just for thanking mm-hmm. them for being in there. Because they're they're our loyal customers. Those are the those are the people that you you want in there. They're great, and every one of them, you get to know them over time. And you're right, every one of them knows their name. And when somebody new comes in, they they welcome into the family. As I was told on my second day of ownership, they say they told me you may own this bar, but it's ours. You know, this is our place. Interesting. And, and okay, I'm very. We're out of time, Les. I, I do apologize. We could go on. But I, I hope those considering owning businesses, buying businesses of any type, listen to this show and hear about the opportunities, the family involvement, the evolving surprises, and how you have to problem resolve from start to finish. Les, thank you for sharing your time with us today. Oh, thanks for uh, allowing me to uh, talk about my first 60 days. I love it. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in today to Military Network Radio. You can find our show at our website, www.toginet.com forward slash Military Network Radio. Also, www.militarynetworkradio.com. And in iTunes under Military Network Radio. Join us next week when we bring you another program to enhance your